0: This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH, 103.5 FM, and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, Community Radio in the Elm City. Thank you for joining us on this last broadcast before christmas
1: yes our last broadcast of the year actually or uh oh, that's right wrap up uh
0: 2016 that's the voice of jason bischoff wursal of the new haven museum did you know that jason i know it's my voice <laughs> and we've been doing programs all week about christmas and its kind of origins in the puritan theocracy of new haven uh, its development um into um a national holiday. A national holiday.
1: The Civil War, post Civil War, and kind of our its development as time has gone on into the national one of our national pastimes
0: of shopping and commerce. And the year we're going to conclude in, uh, Jason, according to these materials you brought in, is the wonderful year nineteen sixteen.
1: Yes, yeah, so one hundred years ago, uh, we're 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 looking back. Uh, we're as uh, America was not quite yet into World War One, but we were about to go into World War One, There was a uh, uh, debate over the election, uh, an electoral college, as we'll mention, and just uh, uh, new, new technologies and kind of new... Uh, it was a new time,
0: a whole new frontier at the time, they felt like. Well, even though all those things were changing, the uh, among the first pieces that uh, you have brought in from the New Haven Museum is um, something that has caught my eye, because it's an advertisement from the John E. Bassett, B-A-S-S-E-T-T, that's a street, um, uh, um an upper uh, Dixwell, but it's the John E. Bassett store. And Jason, do you remember we did a show about um, some merchants uh, in the 18th century? And I believe the John E. Bassett store, uh, which started out as a hardware store, yes, it was, and it was the lo- until it folded. It was the longest continuously running. Um, mercantile establishment in the city.
1: Yes, it was founded, I want to say, 1784. Right. And it closed... Oh 19 the late 1970s amazing and 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 yeah so it ended up being it still holds the record for the longest continually running store uh,
0: in the city's history and you brought this material in and and their pitch is you've got a Christmas problem you don't have a problem if you come to Johnny Bassett they have three columns underneath this wonderful image of Santa and the reindeers and the first column is for some man and the second column is suggestions for that boy Mm -hmm. and the third column." Column is for home gifts and I picked out one item under each of these columns so we can just look at this quickly and move on to the electoral college of 1916 but it looks out looks like that uh, you could buy guns and pistols uh, for that man um, yes you could twenty-five, two dollars and 25 cents to $50 <laughs> and for that boy you could also buy air rifles yes kind of like uh, Christmas story and for home gifts i noticed that home gifts must be the, uh, synonymous with well it's actually not it, it, it's it, you would think it'd be for that lady or for some woman but this is a store that's like a hardware store mm-hmm. so they don't have frocks instead they have uh, andirons for that <laughs> to bring bring your wife a new set of andirons mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Or Obviously, le- they hadn't gotten the memo on the electricity.
0: Well, they that have we elect- covered yesterday. They have electric <laughs> grills and percolators from uh, maybe it's from UI, but but anyway, there's a chafing dish. But this was this is a store that um, um, still had fifty or sixty years to go. Mm -hmm. amazing and
1: what's interesting too underneath the man section here is even the flashlights a gift that will be useful to any man we sell the ever ready line Mm. so ever ready and this idea of ever ready batteries were Mm. already being incorporated so yeah you got great stuff that you could purchase at this classic old hardware store here in New Haven
0: and then on the next page they they have uh, more advertisements but each store has a paragraph about it and there are a whole bunch of stores some of which we've talked about in episode gone by uh, there's a, a store that i uh was new to me called uh, the, the henry bb store where you could get um books on uh church street near elm there was the sterling piano company where you could buy a piano uh the walkover shoe store and the famous brick row bookshop which we've talked about yes
1: yes we've on high street that.
0: Indeed which I think was kind of a Yale place where you could uh, as opposed to the um, uh, the BB company which was sort of just plain old books, you could get uh, Victor Hugo and Emil Zola and Charles Dickens at the uh, brick and maybe first editions, that type of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: And at the same time, you had in these stores, uh, we had talked earlier this week about Schartenberg's located on the corner of State and Chapel. And uh, what was they found interesting too, because uh, as we were talking about yesterday, this big push of uh, normalizing the use of electricity. But at the same time, there was this push to... Uh, Spread the use of the automobile and make it an, a. Oh, and man. the telephone. <laughs> we'll just let that go. But they said at Schartenberg's, what created no end of widespread interest was the news of the entrance of Schartenberg's, the big store, into the automobile business. This concern was fortunate enough to secure the New Haven Agency for the new Jordan car. And judging by the number that have been sold in a short time, the Jordan has made a great impression everywhere.
0: Well, it didn't last long, obviously, because there there are not too many Jordans. It was a car that was manufactured in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, by Ned Jordan. And apparently its uh, claim to fame was that it, it was known as an assembled car, that it is, uh, it, they didn't make anything themselves, but they used components from other manufacturers. Huh.
1: Well, so, apparently at the time, they said it easily solves the naughty problem of what to give. But, but when you were tied up with that, you also weren't realizing to some degree, and they reported on this, that it was not generally known, but it was a fact that within the last four years there has grown up in new haven the largest toy factory not only in the united states but the
0: whole world and where was this alan well we're gonna focus on the ac gilbert company this is the um uh the creator of the erector set
1: yes and that was located at uh, erector square erector square and here here in beautiful fair haven and uh, they had mentioned that even not even the old famous toy makers of Germany uh, were were as productive as the A.C. Gilbert Company, which this is, had this formerly is, been the Misto Manufacturing Company.
0: But this is amazing. This it, it was it was only four years old. This toy that uh, that A.C. Gilbert devised, and it had already become the most widely sold toy in the whole world. Yes. Fantastic. And he said, they said, four
1: years ago, Mr. Gilbert, the president of the concern, invented a rector, which today, as you mentioned, was the most widely sold toy. In four short years, the business has grown from that
0: of a few thousand a year to considerably over a million dollars. And we learned that he was a Yaley, And uh, only uh, in 1916, he was only out of Yale seven years. Makes him a very young man. Indeed. Indeed. Um, And that the business made – he made it himself today, which does not seem
1: possible already at that point that – he was apparently this incredible success that quickly.
0: And apparently, uh, you know, not every inventor. I mean, I associate inventors with people who are sort of shy and so on. But apparently, uh, A.C. Gilbert was a genius at marketing yes. and advertising, which might be one reason why his, his toy became so popular so fast. But he's not through yet, because in this piece that you brought in in 1916, he wants to create a new toy and... Um, you see that paragraph there? It's called the Erector Toy, Toy Engineering for Boys. But his idea here is to market this toy through forming an organization of boys who are interested in engineering to kind of compete with the Boy Scouts.
1: Yeah, he wanted to have a generation of engineers, young engineers, and... Uh, it would Great be one idea. of the biggest boy movements in the country and rank in the same line as the famous Boy Scouts movement, which, again, was uh, still in its early stages, and the Curtis Publishing Company's plan for boys. It is a fact that if a boy becomes a member of the Gilbert Institute of Erector Engineering and endeavors to win the diplomas, prizes, etc. offered, he will really have to be a bright and capable boy. His efforts will be well worthwhile and any parent can afford to take the time to investigate this new movement. So it seems that the idea too was he he wanted to kind of create this league of sort of junior engineers and then perhaps from that, they would be able to go on to uh, higher education. Um, it's, it's, it's really an interesting, uh, prospect that AC Gilbert was pushing here, um, in, in New Haven. Yeah. And he seemed to be kind of this, young, very young entrepreneur that was breaking all the rules a hundred years ago here.
0: Yeah. It sort of sounds like a STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, Mm -hmm. and math, but a kind of a businessman's take on that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, AC Gilbert and, um, Erector square. um, so before we conclude, actually this, uh, uh, um, this takes us to, uh, I guess it's a kind of, um, is this the, the chronicle? The so, uh, Yes. We're, we're, we're in the Saturday evening chronicle and we're looking at a couple of op eds. We're going to conclude, uh, after our tour through, um, uh, various facets of Christmas. Um, let me see. It's 1916. And it's December, late December, and the election of Woodrow Wilson uh, took place the month before in November, Mm -hmm. and he has not been inaugurated. And lo and behold, uh, to bring us up to the present day um, in 2016, um, there's an op-ed piece here about the Electoral College yes and uh, which is um, uh, under discussion uh, today whether um, that's a, a useful institution or not
1: and they were having the same discussion 100 years ago so as we've continually mentioned on this show on this day in New Haven history uh, the wheel keeps turning and what kind of goes around Uh, Definitely comes around again. And they mention here that while a nation watched recently for belated returns from two or three states and the public was agreeing that it is, quote, awfully close. A few people were calling attention to the fact that in the popular vote, President Wilson has won a tremendous victory. But
0: in the Electoral College, not so close. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Owing to the peculiar system of indirect elections.
0: That's right. And apparently what happened is that Wilson uh, won over Charles Evans Hughes, who was a supreme who was a Supreme Court justice, if I'm not mistaken. He won in the popular vote by six hundred thousand votes, which is a lot less than Hillary Clinton um uh, has tallied over Donald Trump which' yes. up to two and a half million and but it was considered you know pretty good and then he but he secured in the uh, narrow majority only in the electoral college by winning several swing states with razor thin margins and that's what they're referring to mm-hmm so, and so this, they were waiting for bated breath whether whether the electoral college would would give him the overwhelming victory that the popular vote suggested, and there is a discrepancy. Yes, as we as we uh, have now.
1: Yes, and they and they go on to say, in about three months, there will be the same kind of discussion about changing the inaugural date, providing March fourth happens to be stormy, and the chances are in favor of bad weather. <clears throat> Excuse me but the electoral college and the inaugural date are fixed by the constitution and changing the constitution is no simple process as is attested by the efforts being made in that direction in the interests of universal suffrage prohibition and
0: other important measures Well and in fact they uh, Wilson was inaugurated in March if I'm not mistaken because they that was changed in 19 19- 37
1: um, to
0: January. It was changed from March to January. Um, I guess the message here, Jason, is it's much, much easier to change the inaugural date than to change the Electoral College. Yes. Well, thank you for uh, being my time-traveling companion on these five days of uh, Christmas episodes, or holiday episodes, um, on this day in New Haven history, and um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join me and Jason again in... um, 2017 when we will resume our time traveling into uh uh, New Haven history.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into this day in New Haven history uh, this year. We look forward to next year and uh, a lot more of uh, New Haven's daily history here uh, on W uh, NHH. And uh, we're also happy to announce at the end of this year that we you can subscribe to this day in New Haven history on iTunes. So go look us up. Type in iTunes. Type in in iTunes. This day. In new haven history and you can find many episodes to to uh, catch up on and learn your daily history because
0: uh it's good to be informed as we're all seen in this country and special thanks to brian slattery our producer of all these episodes who is going to um supply uh happy holiday music these episodes. Yes.
1: So thank you very much from all of us here and uh, have a happy holiday and a wonderful new year. We'll see you next year.